One of my major legacy goals is to make prevention, world-class prevention, available to a lot more folks. Uh, so far, world-class prevention has only been available to world-class wealthy. Um, just a few years ago, a, a bailed-in type of evaluation uh, cost about 5000 And still, in a lot of places, you can get those. They cost more like fifteen. Um, twenty, twenty-five thousand. There are some places in uh, uh, in California, LA, that uh, charge that for uh, their own basic preventive uh, evaluation. Now, <clears throat> again, my goal is to make it available to people that uh, that can't afford that. Now, <clears throat> obviously, putting this information on uh, for free on YouTube is a major. Uh, step in that direction. But the one thing that you can't do on free public uh, videos like YouTube is discuss uh, patients' uh, results. So <clears throat> what the idea here is, is this, is to provide the lion's share of what takes time for the patient for free, that is through YouTube, through the videos, and then get to the point to where an educated patient can then access his or her own labs, his or her own CIMT, um, and then access me or another qualified prevention specialist um, to find out exactly what's going on with their, um, with their health and develop a plan and next steps for improving that health and preventing disability. Now, <clears throat> that's not a simple process, but it's, again, it's my legacy goal. Um, this is going to be a series on, well, I think we'll call it uh, personal prevention series. And it's going to be basically going through the steps that you would go through if you had a uh, typical bail-nonine type of uh, evaluation with me and uh, with uh, a lot of other folks. So <clears throat> without any further discussion on that, we'll start off with um, personal prevention part one. So the basic agenda when we meet with a patient is to go over the history, uh, look at their meds, their lifestyle is critical. And again, these evaluations in the past took up to four and a half hours for, and multiple visits. Um, the more the patient knows, the more we can uh, get very efficient with the patient's time and with ours as well. Um, we go into prevention basics and discussion of uh, the patient's results. Then we uh, talk about recommendations, plans, and next steps. Now, I'll be using a lot of um, slides from Bale Dineen. You can see some of that uh, down in the corner. When uh, Brad was in our practice, um, we uh, adopted a lot of his basic uh, slide uh, presentation. This, is, uh, this includes a lot of his basic information, but again, it includes uh, a lot more. So we focus on history, lifestyle, medications, and then we start talking about what's medicine without prevention. It's sort of like waiting until the tsunami hits and hoping you can clean up the mess. Um, <clears throat> or waiting until the motorcycle wreck and trying to clean up the mess after somebody's already paralyzed. It just doesn't work as well. We, uh, we talk a little bit about how often this is uh, happening with heart attack, 
We'll go over that in just a minute. Uh, stroke, anybody know what fast means? Why do you need to know what fast means? Face, arm, speech, and time. Because stroke is the number one disabler in this country. If After people begin to work with me, they first come to me saying, I want to avoid a heart attack. After they uh, continue to work with me, they say, you know what? Uh, as I age, I'm becoming less and less concerned about a heart attack and much more concerned about a stroke because I really don't want to be disabled for 20 years before I die. Now, to the credit of the cardiologists, um, the invasive cardiologists, the cardiothoracic surgeons, they are one of two specialties that have actually increased the expected lifespan. Um, they did it by a few months. Now, the other specialty is my guys, or are my guys, the preventive guys. Um, but before I try to take too much credit, it's really not the docs. I mean, the docs had, the preventive docs have had a huge impact, but it's really more engineers, like uh, water engineers, getting clean water. And if you don't, if you're not aware of the impact of uh, hygiene and things like water on lifespan, go back and see some of my videos on, um, on cholera. Uh, historical issue, but again, very much a thing that uh, added years to our expected lifespan. Now, back to the cardiologists, they added a few months, and, and here's how they did it. So that's another point. Uh, they didn't add a whole lot to the lifespan, and the way they added it was by doing things to people that you really don't want to have done. Um, how often are uh, heart attacks happening? Well, <clears throat> every 34 seconds, someone has a heart attack. About, I think half of those are uh, lethal. So for about half of the people, they find out they have a heart attack by dying. Um, <clears throat> I think David's number is very, very helpful to remember. He quotes that statistic about, it takes three weeks in terms of heart attack and stroke. Um, for us to have the death equivalent of um, Vietnam War. That took decades. Um, or it took a long time. It took a lot of years. Um, <clears throat> so you may say, well, you know, the Vietnam War was young people. This is old people. That's part of the problem. We have an expectation that it's natural to die in your 60s, 50s, even 40s, but clearly in your 60s from heart attack and stroke. It doesn't have to be. That, again, is the point. Another point that we need to reconfigure is the, uh, for women, for example, and our focus on cancer. Women are very much afraid of breast cancer. Well, you're, women are 10 times more likely to die from cardiovascular disease than breast cancer. I agree, both of them are devastating. Uh, breast cancer is devastating, but as we said, uh, being wheelchair-bound for 20 years from a stroke or heart failure is also devastating. Now, regarding strokes, um, a quarter of them are repeat occurrences. Every four minutes, someone dies from a stroke. So from that perspective, what is that? That's a Vietnam War every, what, two to three months? So, <clears throat> um, as I've discussed uh, uh, I got a lot of these original sli uh, slides originally from uh, Brad and Amy, and if you go to a uh, 
um, availed in the provider. Uh, I would, again, it's some of the best prevention that's available uh, in America these days. You'll see a lot of these slides. You'll see a lot of um, uh, focus on the details of prevention. And in fact, what I'd like to do for a second is talk a little bit about uh, what's different between baildonine uh, and other preventive practices, <clears throat> as well as uh, non-prevention. So we've talked about non-prevention for a while. It's um, basically waiting till a disease happens and trying to cure it, which doesn't work for the big killers, the, bis the big disablers. I won't go so much into that, but I'll draw some comparison between uh, basic prevention programs and a bail to need. So with the basic pre prevention program, they'll quote you statistics like um, Framingham statistics and say, look, you need to lose weight. Um, you need to um, keep salt down. That's been shown to decrease uh, hypertension. You need to maybe take a statin if you have this, these characteristics. Well, people don't like that. And it's very, very difficult to do a lot of the things that you need to do to prevent heart attack and stroke, like lose weight. Because you can't just stop eating. You have to eat. But, so then that's the question. You need to decrease. And so you need to, in order to motivate yourself on a regular basis, you need to know more than just that there are risks that people have, have shown out there. You need to know what's going on with you. And that's the difference between a bail donine uh, prevention activity and something like a, a basic prevention activity that you might get at the YMCA. With bail donine, they go into details, or we go into details, of major focus on what's going on with your metabolism and how that's being impacted. Lots of labs. Now, <clears throat> one other distinction uh, at this point, uh, there's some differences in what I do versus a typical baildenine as well. Uh, with uh, baildenine, you get, again, a lot of focus on cardiovascular inflammation, a little bit of focus on the major causes, uh, the major cause be being uh, insulin resistant. With me, you get a much bigger focus on the root cause, especially insulin resistance, how that interacts with other causes like LP little a, familial hypercholesterolemia, and things like that. So we go much deeper into uh, your metabolism and how to change that metabolism to keep you from gaining that middle age spread and the um, inflammation, the uh, plaque that happens as you get older. Um, <clears throat> there's been some good research with uh, the Baildenine program itself in terms of helping people uh, get healthier. And that's just a couple of slides on that. Now I'm going to finish up this video with a comment. Um, here's the thing. Where does cardiovascular inflammation, where does plaque have an impact? Well, it's only the places where you have arteries. Uh, like your brain, your eyes, your eyeballs, your heart your kidneys, men's erectile function, the arteries that supply your legs so your ability to walk. In other words, everywhere. Um, 
And this is not just a heart-related issue. Cardiovascular inflammation and its major cause, um, insulin resistance, impact all of our body parts, have a huge impact, and maybe and change our lifestyle dramatically. So again, if you've made it this far, I appreciate your interest as I typically uh, stumble around on some of the concepts, trying to get them right, trying to help you understand uh, what you need to do to prevent your own heart attack, stroke, disability. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at prevmedhealth.com. To learn more, watch our videos on YouTube at Ford Brewer MD MPH. Thank you very much for your interest.